1: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay with me as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we're talking a Nets loss, 144-122 to the Bucks. How are we doing?
2: I hope Jalen Wilson got the game ball.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and without any uh, fight from Giannis Antetokounmpo. But this was a weird game. You know, the Nets kind of scheduled their own loss with this one. You know, rested a ton of guys going to this game. You know, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, Nick Claxton also, you know, Mikel Bridges, Cam Thomas really only played in the first half of the first half of this game. And and Dennis Smith Jr. only played three quarters. Just a really strange strategy for the Nets. We're going to jump into that in plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, what direction do you want to jump into first?
2: The direction and outlook seemed like the Nets just don't care about winning this game at all. And I thought that was... Interesting is, I guess, one way to put it because the Nets had a genuine shot at winning this game. The Bucks were awful, the Nets were relentless in their paint attack. Dennis Smith Jr. and daron Sharp, whenever they got into the paint, were scoring. Same with Trend and Watford. It just seems to me that this was a winnable game. And I've heard plenty of you know credible arguments to the to the other about the Nets playing, you know, an extended amount of games. I think it's like seven in ten days or something like that before. Ah, uh, they head overseas to Paris for that game against the Cavs. It's five and seven days so far. All those different machinations make sense, but I think from my perspective, and I'm not going to get as heated as I have been about whether this is a Jacques Vaughn decision, an organization decision, short marks, whoever else it might be. I just think that like you take each game as it comes, and if you're in with the shot, like is five or six extra minutes here or there gonna matter? Like I, I honestly don't think so, and especially if you have a chance of getting the win, and the Nets are hanging around 500 and now they're below 500 after this loss. I don't think it was the right decision. I get, and it was great to see the young guys get their extended runs, but I personally would have gone with a different direction. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I think in the second half, you know, with the game, what was it at halftime, you know, within, within single
1: digits, you know, maybe you deviate from your plan a little bit, especially in a situation like Cam Thomas, you know, he's a 22 year old player, you know, didn't play a ton of minutes in Detroit, no, let him cook. 23 him cook.
2: minutes to be precise exactly. as well. Yeah. He didn't even play 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you want to see him develop, and I think it would have been a great kind of opportunity to develop his skills, especially as kind of a primary ball handler and, you know, a facilitator, something that he definitely needs to improve on. And I think it's kind of a wasted opportunity there. Even De'Ron Sharp in this game only played, you know, 16 and a half minutes. And obviously some of that's due to foul trouble in the first half. But like you mentioned, you know, was playing well in this game. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., then him not finishing in the fourth quarter after playing really, really well, having, you know, easily his best game of the season. It's just like there, I understand the plan of like Mikel Bridges. You know, he wants to keep a streak, but you really want to get him some rest. And, you know, this is kind of the middle ground, but for, you know, Cam Thomas, Dayron Sharp, Dennis Smith Jr., those type of guys, you know, it doesn't really make sense. Even Royce O'Neal, if you're going to play Royce O'Neal any minutes in this game, at least play him 20, you know, it's just like, it was just kind of strange, you know, if you're going to punt the game fully punted instead of like
2: half punted and then kind of tease us in a way. Uh, Yeah, it just seemed to me like what we've said about the nets in the preseason about what is this direction of this team? Are they going to try and have their cake and eat it too? Are they going to blow it up build it? Are they going to go for a superstar? It just feels like to me at times, I don't think that the organization overall is rudderless, but I think that this dipping your toe in and fingering and thinking like, okay, we'll call cool. Jalen Wilson is clearly a very good, and it's going to be a very good NBA player. We can continue playing him, but at the expense of, and then, like, playing Amani Brooks, like, extended at the expense of, like, Cam Thomas. It's just, like, like I just... I, I struggle... Like, Jacques Vaughn has found a way to justify some of the dumbest of decisions over the past couple of games. Justifying this, whether it's him or Shaw Marks or whatever, I just really don't get. I'm not, like, heated because I didn't expect the Nets to win this game. But the Nets could have won this game. Like, I, it's sort of like a, a more maybe level-headed approach compared to the Denver Nuggets sort of game that we recapped as well. So, yeah, it's two games against two of the better teams in the league where the Nets were in with a real shot and could have, should have, maybe, I don't know, like how many times out of 10 years you replay this game and Cam Thomas plays an extra 10 minutes, maybe the Nets don't win this game. But I think they have a better shot at it because Cam Thomas in the minutes that he did play was playing pretty bloody well. And was getting like a putting a lot of pressure on the the Bucks defense. I, I just again, this is maybe me thinking too one sided. I'm trying to see both sides of it. I'm I just think two things can be true at once. I think you can play the young guys. You can play Noah Clown in extended minutes. You can play Jalen Wilson in extended minutes. But then also play Cam Thomas and Dennis with Junior and Darren Sharp when it matters and when the game is on the line and you you build a little bit of a buffer. So I, I just think that. The, the two things aren't mutually exclusive. Uh, am I right or am I wrong? Am, is that true, Nick? Am I seeing this the wrong way?
1: Yeah, I think you can play, you know, you could get both things because, you know, De'Ron Sharp and Cam Thomas are both really young. Even Dennis Smith Jr. not that old. I think also it's just strange in the way they handled this game in the sense of like, it felt almost like a preseason game or a game at the end of the season that doesn't matter because you already locked up your seating. You know, it's just strange to manage a game this way in the regular season when you're not an elite team that can just afford to take nights off, especially when it's within range. And I get it. The schedule wasn't great coming off of back to back and all those different things. But again, there probably was a case for them to win this game and have a real chance, you know, if they played some of their better players in the second half of this game. But I guess we could move on to the positives of this one. I think, you know, there was a lot of flashes from all the young guys that played in this game.
2: I think we start with Jalen Wilson, Nick, yeah. and and the fact that he had 11 seven free offensive
1: rebounds.
2: <laughs> yeah, like you you go with the boards, I'll go with the free throws because both of those are like like the the free throw numbers are historic. Like I I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere in Nets PR tweeting out the fact that no other rookie this year has had 10 or more free throws yep. and Jalen Wilson had 11 of them. He's re- he had seven offensive rebounds out of his 10. Like Jalen Wilson is making DFS and or Royce both one of all the other ones expendable because he did this against a Milwaukee Bucks team that is you know going to be one of the teams there at the end of the race when it comes to winning the championship. So man, th- it was a, a joy to watch. you know we I think we've said in our game recaps individual together that these little glimpses that we're getting from him, Are going to be a great foundation for him to finally put it all together when he gets an opportunity. And he did it. Full credit to Jalen Wilson tonight. Pick 51 and playing like a goddamn lottery pick tonight. Yeah. Uh, I
1: put out a tweet on December 5th, you know, talking about Jalen Wilson after I think he had a 32 point game in the G League and how it'd be easier to move on from Royce and Dorian Finney Smith. Got a lot of pushback, people saying, you know, G League doesn't matter. Jalen Wilson doesn't, you know, isn't ready. I think this game kind of proves that he's ready and not to say he's going to be a consistent, you know, bench contributor, but he checks boxes and he has transferable skills. You know, it's not like he's doing anything ridiculous out there. A lot of it is just great energy hustle and utilizing the tools he does have. You know, that's a good frame, good strength. You know, obviously a four year player in college, so a little bit more polished. And just really hustles and does all the things that you want, you know, a role player to do. And it's just, he just checks a lot of boxes. Like he's pretty good at a lot of different things. And then his motor is elite. So, you know, you put all that together, you're going to have a great role player. And obviously it's not a guarantee he's great the entire season, but I think he's worth developing and, you know, kind of investing some time in the rest of the season and really trying to see what he can be you know, moving on from this year. And not that I expect him to be an all-star or anything like that, but into the degree of how good of role players is a guy that's coming off the bench, you know, is he a sixth or seventh man, or is he more of a 10th or is he even potentially, you know, a fill-in starter at times. So I think it's really intriguing when you have a guy that just plays that hard, works that hard, you know, I don't want to say the sky's the limit, but he can definitely, you know, jump over some ceilings that he wasn't supposed to.
2: Yeah. the, when I'm like really intense and, and watching the game pretty in depth, I take some 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 notes on the individual players, the individual players. And my Google Doc right now is full of Jason, Jalen Wilson players in terms of his offensive rebounding, him getting free throws on, on being in the right position at the right times, getting and mm-hmm. ones on the likes of Brooke Lopez, getting yeah. in transition, baseline drives. Like this was a great game for me. The only thing that was missing, and this is me being probably way too greedy, is that three ball. And yep. that's why for me to like look at, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the holidays, Nick, and I'm trying to be a bit more level-headed and, and look at things um for, from both sides and, and, and all the angles possible. But I think having DFS and or Royce is going to be almost also good for Jalen Wilson's development because I think he needs to develop that three ball for him to be like, cool, let's get rid of DFS and Royce. Like, I agree with what you're saying. And I, I said it literally like, 20 seconds ago, whatever it was, that I think those guys are expendable as Jalen Wilson continues to develop. develop. But this game tonight was an aberration in the way that the Nets play offensively. Like they were relentless in their pain attack and didn't hit any threes at all because you got DSJ, Dayron Sharp, Jalen Wilson leading the offense. So, like the Nets have got our three point shooting is a premium. If Jalen Wilson can be not even a premium, but like decent enough then that's when you go, oh, okay. And that's where maybe a couple more games for Jalen Wilson across this stretch where the the schedule is a little bit cluttered and you see that a little bit more from him. You go, oh, okay. Well, look, I'm confident in his mechanics. I think he's a, 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 going to be a, a good average three-point shooter at the very least. It's going to be that difference between like Dwayne Finney-Smith, who's been bloody elite this year, Royce O'Neal, who's hit and miss. So maybe it's like you keep DFS for the defense, for the three-point shooting, And Royce O'Neal is a little bit more expendable despite his, you know, obvious playmaking chops and the things that he provides. But it's a good problem to have. And Jalen Wilson, um, it was, there's a game that we will remember and he will remember as the game that's like, hey, I'm an NBA player. I've just shown it.
1: Yeah. And 11 games in the G League this year, 2.2 out of 4.7 from three at 46%. And to give you the exact totals, twenty four out of fifty two from three. So solid like start. That? In the, yeah, that's a that's a good number in the G League. I think we saw him shoot well in summer league, and I think it's been mentioned in different interviews. You know, he understands that's a skill that he's gonna need kind of as an NBA player. So probably need to get a bigger sample size in that to see what's going on there. But overall, everything else, even defensively, you know, you like the willingness to kind of bang and contest with Giannis and just, you know, be that type of player down there. So really happy with his play and looking like a steal at where the Nets got him in the draft. Not to say, again, not he's going to be an all-star, but he's going to probably be a solid NBA player is what you take in any second round pick.
2: Oh like, yeah, you don't need all stars when it comes to pick fifty-one. Like yeah, then they're not going to be Nikola Jokic. But in saying that, Nick, someone who didn't have any trouble with the three ball today was Daron Sharp. <laughs> yeah,
1: I honestly, that three ball did look smooth. That was probably like where is hell, man? That was like smoothest was like a, of his career because he's taken like, a couple.
2: Yeah, and look, I think a lot of people are having the discussion now. Flax like versus Dayron. Um, I don't. I don't think now is the time for us to totally have it. I think we need a larger sample size because there's plenty of ticks that you give to Dayron Sharp. He is a like the best rebounder in the league. Like I think Netsmuse on Twitter has like posted that's like him and Clint Capella and he's above those guys. Like he is an incredible rebounder on both ends of the floor. He's really improving defensively. Like that block on Giannis under the compo was nice. And that's something that I've always had my reservations about him with and he's proven me wrong and I'm happy to eat my words about is is his rim protection and like that's where Clax has been you know one of the best over the past year and a half. But Daron Sharp is is showing like if you're blocking Giannis under the Kumpo, one of the best finishers at the rim in the NBA, then that's something to take note of. Also his screening is just ridiculous. Like his physicality is enormous and provides the nets something that they don't have in many other players. And I think, you know, his chemistry with Dennis Smith Jr., like it's Steve Nash and Amari stoddermeyer S. Like those guys just have a synergy and a feel that is just something else. So yeah, another game for Daron Sharp where I'm starting to believe it a little bit, but the thing that I don't believe fully is similar to what, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. has sort of worked his way through to being like a really credible high-end NBA center, not real defensive player of the year sort of guy. Is the failing that's where Darren Sharp is the only little question mark? And I'm not putting it as an X because I think he's proven me wrong in a, in a lot of It's correctable,
1: a lot of it is just Definitely. literal mistakes. Like the third foul he had in this game on Giannis, it you know, he goes back and watches the tape, he, he'll understand that it was just a dumb foul. And in that situation, understanding where he's at in foul, you know, foul trouble, you know, getting two in the first quarter, and then you're picking up, you know your third early in the third on a night where you have an opportunity to essentially potentially play, you know, big minutes. Obviously, he didn't. I think that's kind of the frustrating stuff. Like you said, defensively, you know, I think losing weight and getting, you know, a little thinner allowed him to be springier. I think he's getting up a little bit quicker on those blocks, which usually is the most important thing. And I think probably one of the low key, most underrated developments of his game is just finishing layups. You know, this yeah. is a guy that last year was blocked in what felt like every single game. and would have, you know, three of nine from the field, you know, two of six, whatever it is. You know, you look at tonight, you know, five of six, some contested looks in there, got to the free throw line, a better understanding of, you know, when to show the ball, when to pump fake, how to use his body and finish at different angles. And I think, you know, Again, he has limitations, but if he can check boxes and do all these other things at a solid level, that'll help make up for all those other things and allow, you know, his talent as a rebounder and his physicality to kind of shine. You know, it's about being passable in other areas. He doesn't have to be great in everything, just passable so he can showcase, you know, what he's really good at.
2: Yeah. One more thing I'll say is that like him as like an offensive hub at the elbow, like he looks more comfortable at at that than Nick Claxton. Like the handoffs, the passing, I think Claxton's improved there. You know, and I, I don't think like the the difference is is. Drastic, I think Clax but- is
1: better off the dribble from the DHOs, but I think uh, Sharp is a better passer, and I think that was kind of a thing about him coming out of college. Like there was some passing chops, and even as a rookie, I think he's made a couple. Like okay, that's that's a next level pass.
2: Yeah, I, I really like his passing chops and. Yeah, you know, that's just a, a nice little wrinkle to, to have to your game. And look, I think we should get to his pick and roll partner tonight for a, for large parts, Nick. Dennis Smith Jr., thirty minutes, seven of seventeen from the field. Didn't hit any of his three balls, didn't expect that, but had eight dimes, seven boards for his fourteen points. People are calling to set out Spencer Dibble and to start Dennis Smith Jr. Now that might be a bit rash. I'm not saying I don't disagree. I'm not saying I agree, but his relentless aggressive driving and dishing down low is just like, it it just provides so much to the Nets offense. And he's obviously, you know, an incredibly physical and houndy defensive player as well. DSJ, man, like uh, I I had my, uh, it it feels like to me I'm needing to sign all those apology forms uh, that they've got out there on Twitter, whether it's Darren Sharp, Dennis McGinnis, whoever else it is. But yeah, like the mentality that this guy has and the confidence that he probably garnered from tonight's performance um, if Dennis Jr. played 35 minutes and played them, those minutes in when it really did matter, the Nets would have had a real shot at winning this game. He was one of the best players out there on the court.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, you mentioned, you know, just getting downhill and living in the paint. You know, in this game, it felt like every possession he was pushing the pace and getting downhill, but also making good decisions. You know, only two turnovers in this game. And you look back to the Detroit game yesterday, there was a couple bad shots he took there were some bad passes there was just a lot of bad decisions so it's nice to see him kind of bounce back and just like showcase that ability and just really look like a point guard and look at like a you know a solid NBA player and this is obviously his most productive game as a net and it's going to be interesting to see how his role kind of continues to develop with this team I think the hardest thing that really prevent Dennis Smith Jr. from becoming a starter is just no three-point shot you know I think that's no. really hard to have you know guys that aren't great three-point shooters especially catch and shoot in this current NBA so it's a a little easier to take advantage of second units without you know great spacing
2: no that's that's completely fair should we
1: who who should we move on to next Nick uh we get Day, uh, Jalen Wilson we did Dayron Sharp Dennis Smith Jr uh I like what I saw from Noah Clowney you know I think yeah he started to kind of showcase you know what we talked a little bit about summer league summer league was not great for him but it was easy to see how some of his skills would translate better in the actual NBA with an actual NBA point guard to set him up. You know, he's not a guy that's going to create for himself. I thought in this game, he had a nice feel of kind of finding those openings, catching the drop-off passes and just finishing. And I think you also see his length, not only defensively, but on the boards, you know, you saw him contesting with the got a couple of tip outs out there. And really he just needs to add more to his frame. You know, this is a guy when drafted was one of the youngest, what second youngest in the draft. Like, mm-hmm. He's just got to add size, and I think you see the vision with him and what he can be. You know, he's a guy that I think I was a little bit higher on than a lot of Nets Twitter over the summer. A lot of people were, you know, upset with the pick after Summer League, but he was always going to be a project, and I think he's developing a little bit quicker than even probably the Nets anticipated.
2: Yeah, he's been good in the G League as well. Sean Marks just knows how to draft those centers, man. Like He he just, like... It it, helps when you're
1: an NBA center yourself. He wasn't very good, but he has, you know, the experience.
2: And yet the understanding of what is needed to be like a, at least a quality role player at that position, you know, Nick Claxton, Daron Sharp, Noah Clowney now, like these are all guys that are going to be playing NBA basketball for a very, very long time. And we saw that from Noah Clowney tonight. I think I always was similar to you, Nick, that I thought he'd be a better NBA player than he would be in like the summer league because the summer league just is a lot of the time it's just guys gunning. And, you know, Cam Thomas winning the MVP is, is emblematic of that. I mean, that. we saw
1: Jared Allen at times looked pretty bad in summer league, and then he turned yeah. out to be a pretty good NBA player.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Noah Clowney's hands is something that impressed me tonight. You know, I think you've mentioned about Darren Sharp, Nick Claxton, Jared Allen in the past, that those guys, yeah. like, just don't have sticky enough hands. And as a center, like, Dennis Jr. was throwing some rockets at him, and he was just, like, grabbing him one grab, not, like, fumbling it at all, and just finishing straight away. So... That's something that I think is a skill for a big man. And I think he's already got that. As you alluded to, I think it's almost like it was good that he's thrown into the fire against Giannis Kumpo, because then you know, okay, this is the peak level of physicality that you're going to have to deal with, even though like a moth would blow Giannis Kumpo over sometimes. um, But Noah Clowney getting that experience in this sort of game, is going to hold him in good stead. And he was not shy for the moment at all. I thought he played really well. And I agree.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to see kind of how it plays out for him the rest of the year. Obviously, potential trade of Nick Claxton at the deadline or whatever happens with the rest of the roster. There could be an opportunity or obviously injuries pop up too. So some good stuff from
2: him. Uh, who do you want
1: to jump to next?
2: I trended Watford, Nick, because like, if, if there was a way to parlay or bet on him taking floaters and how many <laughs> he's going to hit – like I'd be a very rich man because I'm so confident. I'm as confident in that guy's floater as I am in Cam Thomas's drives or in Stephen Curry's threes. Now, now, obviously I'm being hyperbolic, but yeah, he's just, and I think you lose sight of the fact that Trenton Watford's only 22 as well. Like the, the age of the guys that were playing tonight, Trenton Watford, 22, no Clanny, very, very young as you alluded to as well. Now, like, the the depth was on show tonight and trinidad watford has been in and out of the lineups he's had some very positive moments i'm a bit of a trinidad watford stand just because i love the the uniqueness of his game as a big man as a playmaker for himself and others that three ball is something i want to see come around a little bit he's rebounding is good his defense has ha, has been hit and miss at times but he, he's a quality nba player how long it'll be you know for the nets i hopefully a, a, a decent amount of time he just provides a level of dynamism and versatility you know, to the offensive end. I just love his game.
1: Yeah, I think he's a very unique player with his skill set. And it's kind of just like him finding that right fit in the NBA in a winning system and understanding like his role and identity. And obviously, it's been kind of tough for him this season, given... It's really been all over the place. You know, some nights it feels like he's playing, you know, back to back, you know, getting a good, decent chunk of minutes. Other nights he's playing short stints. So probably good for him to get out there, showcase what he can do. One thing I really like about him is like he just eats up a mismatch. You know, when he had gotten Damian Lillard on him, cooked him, packed on cooked him, you know, just when the opportunity provides for him to utilize his size and his touch in the paint and kind of posts up. It provides, and that's just a little bit of something different on offense, especially with a second unit that at times has had issues.
2: Yeah, definitely. Should we should we do like the rest of them collectively, Nick, with Keon Johnson, amani Brooks? Harry I'll just do Giles.
1: Keon Johnson because that was the first time I think we really got to see him play. Amari yeah. Brooks we've seen in summer league. He's gotten some NBA minutes. Keon Johnson's got some pop, like some major – it's a major vertical like he can really just get up he's an explosive athlete definitely something interesting in terms of his skill set and developing him you know if he could polish his three-point game he obviously clearly has an ability to drive has athletic tools to be a defender you know not super familiar with his entire game but another at least intriguing guy in a two-way contract to see how that moves forward with the nets you know not that he's going to be an nba player this year but maybe in a season or two you could have something there
2: wasn't he in the Suns deal for Kevin Durant, Nick? Or, like, didn't we get him from the Suns? I, I can't remember. I'll, I'll have to look that up. Maybe I just saw that on, on Twitter floating around. But he had, like, a three ball that looked smooth. And then he had a block that looked, like, effortless on on, on Bochamp. Like, the dude is an athlete. Like, he, I think it's I saw somewhere, like, a 48-inch vert. Like, the Nets having that athletic pop. And it, it feels like, to me, like, what we saw... From the the Nets G Leaguers and the the depth guys in the rotation is what we've been screaming for for a lot of the time with our like regular guys is movement unpredictability you know aggression all the intangible sort of things that you know he certainly provided as well tonight you know it it's a it was a nice little reward for him putting in the hard work and you know he was able to to impact the game on a, on a few different moments
1: yeah. And it was good stuff and exciting stuff. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily mean anything long-term, but still at least some pot for tonight. And Like you said, you know, any other thoughts really on the other guys? You know, I thought only thing with Derek Whitehead didn't look comfortable, didn't look aggressive, which is not super surprising given his history over the last couple seasons.
2: Good to see him get his first uh, field goal, that, that nice little sort of floater. Um, and I do want to shout out that Dennis Smith Jr. obviously like the like he basically crucified Brooke Lopez on like two occasions. But then that backwards layup finish, yeah. like I honestly cannot like verbalize like how incredible it was. Like just check out the footage somewhere on Nets Twitter, type in Dennis Smith Jr. layup or DSJ layup. Like it was like finishing backwards off no the glass. Look. I'm just like no look. I'm just like man this dude must have like aced geometry class and just and then some like that finish was wild and there was plenty of moments like that tonight you know you know Dennis Jr taking like the the charge on Giannis was a lot of yeah. fun so despite the result you know I spoke like there was no such thing as like moral victories in the last pod but it felt like there was more of that tonight and you could probably speak about that given that the nature of the rotation but Yeah, overall, you look at things with the positive lens. Maybe it's heading into the new year after the holiday season. Everyone's had a little bit of eggnog. Plenty of good moments tonight. Wish that we got the W, but hopefully we just take care of business against those Washington Wizards coming up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sucks to lose, but at least there was some excitement with the young guys and some positivity moving forward. And I think just uh, one note in this one, obviously, you mentioned, you've kind of hinted at this, and that's at 70 points in the paint to Milwaukee's forty-eight. Really, where they lost this game was at the three-point line. Milwaukee in this one, 23 of 51 from three. The Nets, 7 of 32. You know, just not going to get it done. That's, that's a giant differential. You know, if the Nets hit five or six more threes in this game, it's a close game, and there's another opportunity to win. But, Jack, we'll see what happens on Friday. Always a pleasure. Big thanks for being listen. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?